2: Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Now remember in verse 33, Jesus said, the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven. And, and, and because of their lack of understanding, Jesus declared clearly, I am the bread of life. The he that I was speaking of is me.
1: Oftentimes, Jesus taught in parables, and you had to perhaps uh, sort out what he was trying to say, or at least find the application, not so in today's message. As we return once again with Pastor Leighton Sheely to the book of John, Jesus is very specific about what he wants to share. I'm Mike Trout. If you'd like to find out more about us, check out the website at studyversebyverse.com. That's studyversebyverse.com.
2: Now, we've been for the last number of weeks studying chapter 6, so we'll do a quick review here. Uh, one day, Jesus fed miraculously 5,000 men, plus women and children. There were probably fifteen to 20,000 people there that day, all from multiplying the little lunch of a little lad. He then sent away the crowds, sent away his disciples, and went up into the mountain to pray. His disciples were on their way to Capernaum. They got caught up in a storm that drove them out into the middle of the sea. They were pulling hard at the oars, but the boat was in danger of being swamped. Jesus saw their need. He came to them walking on the water, unaffected by the storm. At first, they thought he was a ghost, and they were terrified, but when they realized it was Jesus, Peter decided to try walking on water himself and did, well, for a little while at least, and uh, Jesus pulled him out of the water, and they walked together to the boat. And when he got in the boat, the, the storm immediately calmed, and the boat was swiftly transported to their destination, which was Capernaum. It was Capernaum that was the base of operations, if you will, the home base for Jesus and his disciples when they were doing ministry in the Galilean region, the northern part of the nation. Now, in his gospel, the apostle John has a pattern pattern of citing an event, oftentimes a miracle, and then using the description of that event as a basis for teaching that uh, Jesus provides. And so the latter portion of this chapter, chapter 6, Jesus expounds uh, regarding the need for uh, eternal life and him being that source the bread of life. He offers himself to his listeners as their eternal deliverer, but they're not really interested. They were attracted by his healings. They were attracted by his miracles. uh, They were attracted by the free meals. uh, But ultimately, when Jesus demanded that they serve him rather than he served them, they rejected him. They were just following for a little while out of curiosity. But when Jesus established the requirements, they refused to accept him as their Savior and Lord. Let's pick it up at verse 22. On the next day, the crowd that remained on the other side of the sea, that's where Jesus had done the, the miracle of feeding the 5,000, saw that there had only been one boat there, that Jesus had not entered the boat with his disciples, but that his disciples had gone away alone. Other boats from Tiberias came near the place where they had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. And so when the crowd saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, They themselves got into the boats and they went to Capernaum seeking Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? And Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me not because you saw signs, miracles, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him, God the Father has set his seal. And then they said to him, What must we do? To be doing the works of God. And Jesus answered them, This is the work of God, that you believe in Him whom He has sent. The Jews like many of us uh, were thought in terms of good works, and it was their conviction that if a person lived a good life that they could make themselves acceptable to God, and, uh, and so they expected Jesus to provide them a list of things that they were supposed to do or things they were not supposed to do, but that's not what Jesus does at all. He said that God's work was to believe in, on him whom God had sent. The Apostle Paul would have put it this way. The work that God desires for man is faith. Now, what does faith mean? It means being in such a relationship with God that we're not terrified of him anymore, that we perceive him and know that he is our loving Heavenly Father and that we trust and obey and submit to him based on this new relationship. And how does Jesus tie in with that? Well, it's only through Jesus Christ that we are that that we are able to come into relationship with God as our heavenly father it was jesus christ who revealed to us that god loves us and that he wants to forgive us and remove the sin that has caused us to have uh, no relationship with him this new relationship that we enjoy produces a certain kind of life that corresponds to to what jesus told us of god that is we should follow the example of our Heavenly Father as our model. One of the things we know is that God is love and uh, that God chooses to serve people. And so because of God's example, we should also love people and we should also serve others as uh, following God's example. And we know that from scriptures that God is holy. And so we should also be holy in our lives as well. We should reflect our Heavenly Father's nature. And we know that God is wisdom and that he, We need to be in submission to his will, which is expressed through his word, because he gives us wisdom through his holy word. So the essence of a, of a Christian life is a new relationship with God offered through Jesus Christ, made possible by the revelation of, that Jesus Christ gives us concerning God, putting our trust and faith in God. And that's the work which God wishes us and enables us to perform. Verse 30. So they said to him, then what sign do you do that we might see and believe you? What work do you do, what do you perform? You know, it's remarkable he would ask this the day after he'd fed miraculously 5,000 plus. Um, When Jesus gave the parable of Lazarus in Luke 16, he said that those who reject the truth of God's word would not be persuaded even if someone were to rise from the dead. Uh, At the crucifixion, the religious leaders mockingly said, let this Christ, the King of Israel, now come down from the cross so that we might see and believe. And uh, yet when he rose from the dead, a greater miracle than coming down from the cross, they still refused to believe him. In fact, they actively tried to cover up the truth so that others wouldn't have the opportunity to believe in him either. You see, there's no amount of evidence that is going to persuade someone who has chosen the path of unbelief. You cannot argue with somebody who refuses to look at the evidence. Verse 31, "'Our fathers ate the man in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus then said to them, "'Truly, truly, I say to you, it is not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, "'but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven.'" For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Now, here the argument is specifically Jewish in its assumption and allusions. Jesus had made this great claim to being the Messiah, that is, the Savior, and uh, he had invited them to believe in him, and so they said, Prove it. Prove that you are the Messiah. Now, the feeding of the 5,000 connected their thoughts with the feeding of the of the uh, Israelites in the wilderness. And uh, and they regarded manna as being the bread of God and that there was a rabbinic teaching, a belief that when the Messiah, the true Messiah came, that he would provide manna uh, from heaven. They also thought that since manna from heaven was one of the greatest works that had been accomplished through Moses, that Messiah would have to at least exceed that which was done through Moses. And so they challenged Jesus to prove his claim of being their Messiah by saying, give us bread from heaven. Now, consider the distinctions. Jesus provided bread on one occasion. Moses provided manna for 40 years, six days a week. Jesus provided bread for 5,000 people. Moses provided manna for a whole nation, that is 2 to 3 million People every day. Jesus gave them ordinary bread. He multiplied the bread that he was given. It was bread that they ate every day. But Moses gave them bread from heaven, sometimes described as the food of angels. So you can see, if you look at it through their eyes, why the Jewish people might have been unimpressed with Jesus feeding the 5,000 in light of what they had been told about Moses. Now, using the phrase, Amin, Amin, To to understand the significance of of what he was about to say, Jesus rebuked the people for their misunderstanding of manna in the wilderness. He said, first off, it was not Moses who gave you bread out of heaven. It was God the Father. Exodus 16.4 says, the Lord said to Moses, behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you. And then second, the manna was not the true bread from heaven. Jesus told them, my father now gives you the true bread out of heaven. The present tense, didyemi, indicates that the true bread was not manna of the past, but what the father was presently giving. The word translated true means genuine or real. The manna that was given in the wilderness was merely a type or an example that foreshadowed the reality that God would give through Jesus Christ, that which comes down from heaven. Third, manna gave physical life, but the bread that comes down from heaven gives spiritual life. The word for life is not us from which we get biology, but zoe, and zoe doesn't refer to, to the physical and temporal life so much as it refers to the spiritual and eternal life. That's the kind of life that is being spoken of here. And finally, the original manna in the wilderness was only given to the nation of Israel, but the manna that comes from God is intended for the entire world, for God so loved the whole world. They said, verse 34, they said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Similar answer to the woman at the well. You know, give, us this, give me this water so I don't have to keep coming back here to draw water. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Now remember in verse 33, Jesus said, the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven, and 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 because of their lack of understanding, Jesus declared clearly, I am the bread of life. The he that I was speaking of is me, is what Jesus is saying. Now, this is the first of seven highly significant statements in John's gospel where I am is joined with metaphors that describe the work of the Savior. So in addition to being the bread of life, I am the bread of life, Jesus also used the I am to describe himself as the light of the world, the door of the sheep, the good shepherd, the resurrection and the life, the way, the truth, and the life, and the true vine. He also used the I am in an unqualified sense, which connected himself directly to a name of God in the Old Testament, thereby claiming that he was God.
1: And we'll pick up right there on Monday when we come back with another edition of Study Verse by Verse with the teaching of Pastor Layton Sheely from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. I'm Mike Trout. If you'd like to hear this entire series in the book of John, go to the church's website, highlands.us, and click on the sermons link. You'll find all of the archives there. Or you can listen through the broadcast archives at studyversebyverse.com. That's study Verse. By verse. Com. Have a great weekend. Join us on Monday, if you can, at the same time when Pastor Layton will once again open the Word of God and study verse by verse.